Hey everyone, my name is Billy and welcome to this week's message from the Greenville Vineyard. Last week, if you watched last week's message, we began a new series just looking at the whole concept of journey, the journey of life, specifically the kingdom journey that God takes us on when we submit our lives to Jesus and we begin to walk with him and follow his leading wherever he wants us to go and whatever he wants us to do. And so this week we're going to continue in that, we're going to dig a little deeper and we're going to consider how our journey is one of revelation, one of things being revealed to us, of new experiences, learning and so on. You know, as kingdom people, that's what we are if we're followers of Jesus, you know, the purpose of our journey, the purpose of our life that we live out is not just the end destination. And what is the end destination? Well, the end destination is Jesus's return, the marriage of heaven and earth coming together to create a new heaven and a new earth, us getting our new bodies and ruling and reigning with Jesus. So that's not the, the journey is not just about that end. Rather, the journey is as much the point itself as the end is. You see, God uses this journey to shape us into who we are meant to be. He's created us to be his image bearers. And as we go on our journey and we walk through life, he leads us to places and takes us in directions, not just to use us to get stuff done, because in our Western concept, that tends to be how we think about our faith. It's not about that. Yes, God invites us to do things with him, and that's really, really important. But he also does it to shape us into who we are meant to be who he created us to be god uses the journey to help us to become our true selves it's a really really cool concept and so we are called to pay attention we're called to be ready for god's revelation at any point so that we can be best placed to grow into who god has made us to be and to be effective as well in all the ways that he asks us to serve others and to serve the kingdom along the way. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. So just pray with me before we get into our reading. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you don't just want us to be a part of your mission, but you just want to shape us into the best us that we can be. Your desire is to make us perfect, to make us holy. Lord, to make us the best versions of ourselves and so as we go through this message today lord would you really begin to highlight in each one of us things that you want to speak to us about things that you possibly want us to change things that you want us to begin to work on and i pray you guide my words today that they would be used by you uh, for your glory and for the building up of others in jesus name i pray amen amen if you have a Bible, you can open up to Acts chapter 16. I'm just going to read a few verses from verse 6 to 10. And um, rather than having the words come up this week, I'm just going to bring up a map. You'll see what I mean as you go through it. It'll help you with it. Just as you look at this map and you hear me mentioning places, just you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. So just let your eye go down to the bottom right of the map as I start reading. You'll see the name of cities. You'll see a red line. That red line is the journey of Paul as he's going on this journey. And um, and you'll begin to pick up what's going on there. It just helps you to have a picture of what uh, Paul and his companions are experiencing at this point in time. And it says this from verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysia, 
they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. So you can see they've gone almost through the borderlands there and they've headed down to the coast to that town of Troas. So during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So you'll notice it said at the, that, that last verse that we got ready. So this Acts is written by the Dr. Luke and you know half of it he researched, but the other half he actually witnessed himself. He was there as part of the journey. And so this is part of the journey that he's on. And so he's been traveling with the guys. They've been looking for places to minister. They'd originally wanted to visit the churches that Paul and... Um, Paul had planted on his first journey and so they were going to stick to that Turkish area, Asia and try and look for new places there. But God says to him, no, don't go into those places. Instead, he keeps them on this in through these borderlands and they end up in Troas, not really sure where they're going, not sh- really sure where the journey is taking them. And so he goes to sleep one night and God reveals to him, hey, Macedonia is the place to go. And so my first point of this week's message is this. Uh, when you're on the kingdom journey, you just got to remember something. God has you on the scenic route. Okay, you're on the scenic route. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, the kingdom journey is not a high-speed highway or interstate that goes directly from you deciding to following Jesus straight to the glory of God and you being the perfect you and Jesus coming back. It's not a it's not a point A to point B journey, like I said in my introduction. Rather, it's a winding path full of different sights, views, experiences, new lessons, opportunities, and many, many life-changing detours along the way. And more often than not, as we follow that journey that God has laid out for us, He often takes us to unexpected places. We end up in places we thought we'd never be, and we have no idea why we're there. And we just sometimes are confused. We think it's pointless. But you know, you got to stick in there because there's always a point. And so always expect to be showing up in, a, in an unexpected place. And so we're all on this type of journey. Anybody that said yes to Jesus is on this journey where you're going to end up in unexpected places. It's just how it is. Just like Paul and his companions here, their intention was to stay in Asia, to do ministry there. And then, you know, that whole Asia, Bithynia and all that kind of stuff, that's modern day Turkey when you're looking at at the map. So as they're wanting to do that, God God intervenes and he, he begins to speak to them through the Holy Spirit. Who knows if it was an audible voice or a really strong impression or even something physical, stop them from going into those areas. Rather, God forbids him to do that and leads him through these unpopulated, probably wilderness areas along the borderlands all the way over to Troas. And it's only once he's obeyed that leading, it's only once Paul has said yes to where God's taking him there, that we find that God gives him the next place to go. So he's obeyed God and he's showed up in a place Arguably, it's probably nonsensical to Paul. They don't really know what's going on. But they've they've obeyed the commandment of the Lord. And this is what we have to understand about the kingdom journey at times. God may have you in a place or ask you to, or lead you to do something or to serve somebody or to serve something. 
And at a certain point, you'd be like, this is nonsensical. Why is God asking me to do this? Nothing's happening, you know? Um, I'm not doing anything of any great consequence. Why has God got me here? And you've got to remember that it's never nonsensical. And if you have no understanding of why you're there, you've also got to understand that God just works on a need-to-know basis a lot of the time. I know it's really frustrating. I get frustrated by it. You know, I'm the pastor of a church. I'm supposed to be Mr. Yeah, you know, go with God wherever he does. But even I, leading this church that I pastor, I get really frustrated because I I feel led to do things and sometimes I'm not sure where they're going to go. And I want God to reveal them to me, but he doesn't because... It's a need-to-know basis. It's his church. I'm just, I'm just a, you know, I'm just the coach of the team, if you like. But he's the manager. He makes the big decisions, and so that's how it goes. And so once we do that obedience, once we get to that next stage, that's when we can begin to expect the next thing to be revealed to us. And that next step for Paul and his companions was to head over to Macedonia. You know, it was a different spot altogether, and it was a massive detour from their original plans. And so. They were on the scenic route of the kingdom. But this journey was way better than the one that they had planned for themselves. And they ended up establishing a bunch of churches and a a Christian witness in the area of Greece that still exists in those areas to this day. You know, if you ever go to the Greek Orthodox Church, they like to kind of boast that they're one of the oldest churches in the world. And they are. They totally are. They go all the way back to this. And... um, And so what we have is we have this God diversion that in fact turned out to be the main journey, part of the main story of the advancement of the gospel throughout the earth to this day. And so the lesson for you and I and the lesson for Paul and his companions was this, don't despise the scenic route. Don't despise the scenery of random places that God may place you in, of random relationships and people that come across your path. Don't just despise them and dismiss them as pointless. They're never pointless. There's always a point. So choose rather to take it all in. Be willing to go wherever the Lord leads you and to do so in the knowledge that the detours of life, The detours of your journey are often the best and most fruitful parts of that journey. And so this leads me to my second point. Interruptions should always be welcome. Interruptions should always be welcome. Now isn't that just a big challenge to our convenience culture? I don't don't know about you, but I hate being interrupted. You know, when I'm going to... Walmart, Target, whatever store it is I'm going to to get stuff done. I'm kind of a, once I get into a store, I'm a typical guy. I want point A, point B, get my thing, get out. I don't want to be lingering around and, you know, looking at things that I might possibly need. No, I'm out. I I have no interest in being there. And so I don't like to be interrupted. And often if I'm in one of those places and and, and somebody's highlighted me and I feel like God maybe wants me to go and speak to somebody, I'm like, Oh, no, 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 I don't want to stop freaking out and all that kind of stuff because I just don't like being interrupted. But you know, if you're going to live the kingdom life, you need to deal with that. You need to be more than willing to be interrupted. Because the reality is this, if you want the excitement of the kingdom life, if you want your life to be exciting and full of purpose and meaning and significance in in the greater story of God, you need to be open to and even look for interruptions in your journey. 
you know, and there's loads of examples of this throughout Scripture. Jesus is is on his way to to help somebody, and somebody touches him in the crowd, and he's like, "Stops! Who touched me?" Everybody's like, "There's a whole crowd pressing up against you, Jesus." Everybody's touching you. No, no. I felt power guard from me. Turned out there was a woman who'd been bleeding, you know, loads and loads in her life. And she'd gone to doctors, spent everything she had trying to get healed. And they just made it worse. And she touched Jesus in that instant. She was healed powerfully, dramatically. And he wanted to stop and talk to her and give her dignity in that moment. And so he was willing to be interrupted. And you see that constantly in Jesus' ministry all the time. He's on his way to do something and somebody stops him, delays him and interrupts him. And, he, and he's ready for the interruption. And then you look at Paul himself. If you carry on reading through Acts and you see all the places he goes to and some of the, the different things he did. There's the one time where he's preaching in this room and he, he was going on for hours. It even says so in the text. Paul was droning on and on. I love that, the honesty of the Bible. And so he was droning on and on. In other words, he was speaking amazing truth, but he was he was boring people, right? He was talking so long that people were bored and starting to fall asleep. So this guy falls asleep. He's sitting in the window, falls asleep, and he falls out the window and dies, dead, hits the ground, dead on impact. And rather than everybody freaking out, Paul's like, he's ready for the interruption. He goes out, he raises the guy from the dead, and you know what he does? He goes back inside and carries on talking. <laughs> but now... Everybody's listening. He was ready for the interruption of the kingdom. And the third example is you with your neighbor. You can let your imagination run wild. Just think about your life that you're living, your next door neighbor, people in the street. How often are you allowing yourself to be interrupted by these people so that you can either just be there for them, listen to their stories, or even be led to pray for them, uh, to speak words of encouragement to them that God might pop into your brain? Are you ready for those interruptions? And so my last point is this, getting on to that. How do we position ourselves to be ready for those interruptions? Well, you know, let's keep with the journey and the whole aspect of road trip. If you want to be ready for interruptions, you've got to drive slow so you can see. Uh, if you've ever driven through Arizona, you know the speed limit there is like 75 and it's great because Arizona is vast, it's big, the roads are long and flat. And even though you're going 75, maybe even faster, the landscape is so amazing. You can still see everything and you feel like you're going slow, right? The kingdom life isn't really like that. The kingdom life is like going through the Smoky Mountains. You know, if you're driving through, you know, the Smoky Mountains and you're going as fast as you can, you're not going to enjoy the scenery of the Smoky Mountains. You're not going to notice things. If you're taking it easy and you're on a back road and you're driving real slow and you stop at the viewpoints along the way, you just have an amazing experience. You gotta slow down, take your time so that you can take in what is going on. You so you can take in the beauty around you and for your spiritual walk, you're walking your life, you gotta slow down, pay attention so that you can take in all the things that God the Father wants to reveal to you on your journey. Jesus and Paul walked everywhere, right? And walking is a slow mode of transportation. So they had a slower lifestyle than us. And so it was definitely an advantage to the hectic Western life that we live today. But, you know, people could be equally distracted then as we are today. They had something else going for them. And the key for them was this. They had prayerful lives. They were prayerfully attentive to how they were living their lives. You know, they had lives where they were constantly speaking to God 
and constantly try to be willing to listen to what God was speaking to them or revealing to them in any given moment. And he would do that, obviously, by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus even himself famously said this. He said he only ever did what he saw his father doing. And that was he was sensitive to the Spirit. He was prayerfully attentive to all the time. The Spirit would reveal to him what the will of the Father was in any given situation. And Jesus would do that. And that was really the key to his power ministry because he was in agreement with the Father and the Holy Spirit and would speak what God wanted to do into being and that's what happened. So often we're ineffective in our prayers and all our, our stuff that we do because we're just not switched on to what the Father's doing, you know, a lot of the time. Now, there's not always a reason sometimes why prayers don't get answered and people don't get healed. There's the mystery of the kingdom. There's the already of life and the not yet of life, but that's a sermon for another day. But we would see a lot more answers to our prayers if we were actually praying right prayers. And, you know, that is the challenge for us. We have to be prayerfully attentive. And so we have to learn how to do that. We've got to figure out what, how, how things are going. So it's really a lifestyle and, and part, a, long, a big part of our journey that God takes us through is teaching us this very thing. It's learning to figure out what God wants and choosing that over and above what you and I want. Now let me tell you a secret. Even if you're a follower of Jesus and you love him a lot and you just you're passionate about him. This is the problem that you'll face for a long period in your life, probably your whole life. We often, and I would dare say most often, we often want something different to what God wants. And we waste a lot of time, a whole lot of time, convincing ourselves that God agrees with us when he just doesn't. I see it all the time as a pastor. I see decisions people are making in their lives. They're like, I'm sure God's okay with this. And I'm like, really? You really think God's okay with this? It's because they've spent time convincing themselves that God is on board with their program. That's not what the kingdom journey is about. You know, in our consumerist culture here in America, our Christian consumerist culture in America, and it stretches into a lot of things, that is often what it's about. We're often trying to get God on our side. And, you know... You know, it can be whatever the deal is, you know. Uh, I want to remind you of the story. You know, Joshua is going into the land to take the land. God's told the Israelites to go take the land, so Joshua is there. So it's them against the enemies. And that as Joshua is entering the land, the angel of the Lord appears before him. And Joshua goes and he says, hey, whose side are you on? Are you on their side or you are on our side? I'd like to think of this as, you know, the Republicans versus the Democrats, you know, angel of the Lord shows up and one of them says to him, are you on their side or you're on our side? And the angel says to Joshua, and I love this, because the Israelites were the chosen people. They were God's people, right? And so that was a good question for Joshua to ask because he had made this assumption that obviously God's on our side because we're his chosen people. So he asks the angel a question, what does the angel say? And this is this is one of the secrets of the kingdom. The angel, he, the angel says to him, I'm on neither side. I'm on the Lord's side. Whose side are you on? Is by implication was what he's asking. And Joshua falls on his face and he realizes something. He realizes that the challenge for Israel was always going to be, were they willing to lay down what they wanted to be on the Lord's side? Because up until that point, they just assumed that God was on their program and he was going to give them everything that they wanted. And he realized it's not about that. Yeah, God blesses us, gives us what we want sometimes. But actually, 
Every once in a while in your life, you might not have a vision of the angel of the Lord there, but you'll be making decisions, whatever they may be, and God's standing there going, watching you, and you're saying, like, Lord, are you on my side? And God's saying to you, are you on my side? And this is the kingdom journey, is learning to be on God's side and learning to say no to yourself and to your own agenda. And that is hard. That is difficult. It's a challenge for all of us. Sorry for bringing politics in, but you know, that's the season that we're in. And uh, I figured it would be a good analogy for you to work because we're all doing that all the time. And it's not politics, it's our lives, it's institutions, it's churches. We all do that. Everybody's all the time turning around and asking God the question, are you on our side? And God is looking at us going, what sort of question is that? You're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be on a journey where you're asking me, how can I be on your side, Lord? Because God is on his side. He's on his agenda. And it's up to us to try and figure out what that is. And as human beings, none of our institutions, even churches, like that's the struggle. You know, we get into our own things that we love and we're passionate about and we want God to bless them. And God's looking at so many of the churches going, yeah, that's okay, but actually... I'd rather you did something else. And that's 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 life for us. Trying to figure out what that is, you know. Um, and that's how it goes. And so this is the challenge for us coming into land. You know, I want to ask you this question right now. What is the Father doing in and around your life? Do you know? Or are you trying to get him on board with what you're doing? With what you want, with your dreams, all that kind of stuff. Have you even questioned if your dream is from the Lord or you've made up your dream and you've convinced yourself that God's on board with your dream? This is my challenge to you today and going into the rest of the week. I want to encourage you to spend some time pondering that question. Whose side are you on? As you go on your journey, ask that question. Whose side am I on? And and try to be brutally honest with yourself. It's a hard question. That's a hard question. Uh, but you'll be surprised by some of the answers. And God is gracious. If you're really going down a detour that he hasn't invited you to go down, he's like, he's very gracious. If you recognize it and you see it, say, Lord, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, don't worry. Come on, let's turn around and go somewhere else. I've got something more interesting to show you. And then see what he does. Hey, let's end by um, just inviting the Holy Spirit to come and join each one of us right now and meet us where we are. Father, thank you that you are working right now, that you're present with each one of us, me here in the basement, and to anybody who's watching and listening, wherever they are, whether it's a podcast or a video or whatever. Our Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come and just do the will of the Father in each one of us right now. Those of us who are hurting, would you would you bring comfort? Those of us who are mourning, bring your comfort. Those of us who are in conflict, would you bring your peace? Those of us who are struggling, would you strengthen us? Those of us who are don't have enough, would you provide for us? And those of us, each one of us now, would you show us somewhere in our lives where we need to just turn around? to get on your side rather than trying to get you onto our side. Right now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, I ask, reveal it.
just invite most of you just to sit in that place and to let God speak to you. If you're someone who's not a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this and you're thinking for the first time, my journey is not heading anywhere that God wants it to go and you're realizing that you need to make peace with your Creator, you're realizing that you're stuck in your sin and you're separate from God and that that's how it's going to be for an eternity if you don't change your course and you want to change that. You want to be who you were created to be. You want to walk a life that God gave you to live. You want to reflect the goodness of the Creator to this earth and to those around you as you were designed to do. If that's what you want to do, I encourage you right now, pray your best prayer. Surrender your life to Jesus. Say to him, Jesus, from now on, I will follow you and walk where you go and go where you tell me to go. If you don't really have words to do that and you're struggling, just stay on. A slide will come up and that has just some numbers that you can text. Text Jesus, text Jesus to that number and we'll send you a prayer that you can pray to help get you started. It's just a, It just helps you to form a moment. But then once you do that, please get in touch with us. Um, that way we can give you some resources. You, you can get to know us. We can get to know you. We can begin to help you along that journey because it's it's important to walk with other people who are on that journey too so please do that get in touch if you're far away from us contact the local church let them know that you've decided to start following jesus and they'll they'll begin helping you along that way hey thanks so much for listening i just want to pray this prayer of blessing over you before we go and uh, and we'll be done and it goes like this the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Have a wonderful week and let God reveal things to you. Enjoy the journey. Go where God wants you to go and uh, tell us about it.